Stella. Sunny Stella. Running amidst the trees. Who's there? I said as I stood in my head. And nobody answered me. Welcome to the Fringeworthy Podcast. This is Bruce Sheffer. This is John Ryer. Unfortunately, Blix is not here with us tonight. Just the two of us tonight. Tonight we're talking about Meller. Arguably the scariest, worst creature that you would ever run into in the game. As a matter of fact, if you run a Meller and he's not the scariest thing that you've ever done, then you're not doing him right. So John, why is a Meller so scary? Oh, because they can change shape. They can rip you a new one if they want to. The person you're looking at may be your worst enemy, and you would never know it until it's too late. A role-playing game is primarily a social game. You're a bunch of friends, you're getting together, you're trying to have a good time, and you have antagonists in the game whose job is to undermine that. They are meant to destroy the trust that you have in your group, because a meller ultimately should do things that would make the players not trust each other. That's correct. In the second playtest game, Richard pulled aside two or three people and talked to them separately. One of them actually had been killed, and and Miller took it on his form, and he basically came back and started playing himself. So, unfortunately, he wasn't quite sure what it was all about, but we were kind of wondering what takes going on, and why is he acting that way, and... Then he turned to a Meller, and then we found out why he turned that way. So it sounds like he didn't do a very good job playing a Meller because he almost immediately tipped his hand. That's correct. And also because I think he was probably the first person ever to play a Meller. It's uh, one of those things where lack of knowledge of the critter is the main problem. How should you play a Meller? If you're the PC and you've just been killed by a Meller and he's now taking your PC's form, he's going to beat you. He's not going to tip his hand. He's going to try to be very nonchalant and see if he can get off that world he's on. Remember, 99% of all Master Miller are are sterile, and therefore they're itching to get off that world they're stuck on, and you're their meal ticket. So they're going to do their best, meld into the group, and be one of the group. Right, but most of the time you're not going to be playing a Master Miller because they are so rare. That's correct. If you're playing a Great Miller or one of the other types... You're probably more along the line of, okay, I need to get these people where I can then kill them all and take over the forums so now we all have fringe-worthy forums. That's one possible scenario. Since you have a creature who can reproduce itself over time, what you want to do is that he wants to, first of all, make sure that you guys aren't traveling because he won't be able to make the genetic capsule he needs in order to reproduce more of himself at the same level. That's correct. The second thing is you are playing this guy who... It is good friends with the rest of the party and is working for the party goals. Now you're somebody who sees everybody else in the party as an enemy, someone to replace, someone to subvert. Ultimately, you have a deep abiding hatred, loathing for everybody else in the group because that's part of being a Meller. They hate everything else. That's true. 
it's a totally different mindset. And when you as a player who's not a Mellor suddenly realize that the person across the table from you who's probably smiling at you at this point is actually something not human, that should chill you to the bones. There are scenarios I've come up in my head that would have the players going at each other's throat while the Mellor is actually standing off to the side watching it having orchestrated the players to attack themselves. Quite possibly they could do that. Once the thought comes into your head that Joe over there across the table is a Mellor, he's done his job. Whether or not that Mellor's actually taken over Joe's character or not, he's done the job and now the players have potential of taking themselves out and saving him a whole lot of work. Mellor have no fear of death. They are essentially Tweedledee and Tweedledum. They share memories depending upon their level, you know, because the lower level ones are not as smart and therefore they're probably not going to remember everything that the upper levels does. But when a Mellor creates a genetic capsule to reproduce itself, they are identical. So they have no fear whatsoever of dying. That's true. I'm not even sure that they would be capable of it, even if they did have a reason to fear dying. But since they don't, they're especially dangerous because they'll be resolute. They'll be willing to go to the utmost lengths in order to achieve their aims. The first aim, of course, that they have is to get off of the world that they're on because they're probably pretty bored with it at that point. A Meller, by the time you meet him, because this is a thousand years after the Great War, so the Meller that you run into has probably done as much damage as he thinks he can do to the world that you're on. Uh, Or he's been in hibernation He looks at you as being a step up to the world which is around him, which is probably in ruins. It may not be. He may look around and say, hey, this is a great world. I'm going to go and destroy it now. And the players just happen to be along for the ride. Uh, That can happen. And that's just as good of a scenario. But it's more likely for him to want to escape this world, especially if he knows that the French Pass have been uh, trapped against the Mellor if he knows that there are a lot of worlds out there that have recovered, then he's going to have a deep drive to be able to go to those worlds, reproduce himself, and to destroy those worlds again. We're talking about running into a single Miller. It's quite possible on one of these devastated worlds, you're running into millions. At that point, run for the portal, close it, and then pray. The reason that you're happy is because the Fringe Pass have been trapped against the Miller. Well, unless, of course, the Miller has a crystal key on him. And is in the form of a Fringeworthy. Yeah, then he's okay. He can walk out there and he's just fine. And normally the Crystal Key is located where? Class? Inside of him, where it's hard to get it out. Though we have to hold a crystal in our hand, the Mellor being so amorphous as they are, they literally can trigger the crystal from any part of their body as a hand. Ooh, that's just a strange vision you get from that thought. (laughs) I wanted to cover uh, one of the questions we had. Is an old Meller able to travel through the Fringe Pass in his natural form? And secondly, why does a Meller have to have a crystal key and follow in the form of a Fringeworthy? I was doing a lot of thinking about this, and the conclusion I came to was it is really not difficult whatsoever for the Fringe system to identify a Meller in form. I mean, they have a very specific biological structure. Their mimicry of other animals, other other beings, is superficial in the sense that they take the shape, but inside they're different. 
So there's no reason why a fringe path would not be able to identify a Meller, even if he's in the form of a fringeworthy. So why does he have to do that? Why does that get them through? And the answer I came up with is, I think that the fringe path does allow the old Meller to travel. And if it allows the old Meller to travel, it would have to let the infected, mutated Meller to travel as well. And we know it won't. So what can it do in order to detect the Meller? What I believe is because it can gift human beings with language, it has the ability to change our memory engrams. It's basically able to go inside our body and actually read our minds in a sense of knowing where things are supposed to be and putting memories at the appropriate place for our physiology. This is how the Meller are able to escape. When they take a form of another creature, they also take their memories. And so when they are in the form of another creature, they are, to all intents and purposes, in their mind, that person. Now, deep down, they know who they really are. Deep down, they know what their agenda is. But just like they have a layer outside of the form of the person, they also have a mental layer that is the identity that they're mimicking. And that memories and that identity of that person combined with the power of a crystal key fools the system into not recognizing that that's a Meller mind that it's looking at. Mellers are artificial constructs. The reason why they've gone bad is programming has been messed with. The crystal key allows them to hack the system, so to speak. It allows them to fool the system into thinking that, oh, I'm a fringe worthy and you can mess with my memories all you want, when in fact it's a Meller in disguise, a Meller in sheep's clothing, so to speak. What they are using to identify the Meller is, in fact, their mental construct. The fact that they are infected, the fact that their programming has changed, the fact that they are not in their minds the same as a old Meller. And so that's how the fridge system detects it, and that's why they attack the Meller in their natural form who don't have a key, who don't look like a fringe worthy, is because their mind isn't shielded. And by the same reason, we can say that a Meller, if they were to run into a culture that had telepathy, unless they had some kind of deep probing, they would not be able to tell that a Meller who was impersonating somebody was, in fact, anything other than that person. Because in the mind of the Meller, in the sense if you were an actor, you were playing in character all the time. Though I would make a case that a hive mind would know that a Meller has popped in because all of a sudden Joe number 25 goes offline and comes back on weird for a couple seconds, then he's back normal again. We better check out Joe, something happened to him. So a hive mind may actually notice that there's a Miller in the cupboard. Normal telepaths would not determine that. I would say that the hive mind would have the ability to recognize that some event had occurred, but by the time they check Joe, and Joe is acting normally, if Joe has a good reason... Meller are very good at this. There aren't any Meller out there who haven't had a lot of practice at posing as somebody else. Most of the master Meller are old Meller. They've been infected. The old Meller were, I don't want to say ambassadors. They were stewards. They were spies as well. They were spies and stewards. Their job was to help a culture along into the point where they could join the Commonwealth. They got to be very good at being in secondary roles, but helpful secondary roles. They wouldn't be Da Vinci. They'd be the guy who pays Da Vinci the money to make pictures. They're the patron who helps Michelangelo get started. The guy who hires Einstein to work in the patent office. He would be the squire to a knight. 
he could even be the jester in the king's court because he might say a few things that would make the king laugh but also make the king think. They are very charismatic, but also they tend to find people who can sort of blend in the background, which is another safety feature. They basically can find that person out there, take his memories, take his shape, and then hide as him. Because I would imagine several races would react negatively at being shepherded and stewarded by the Meller. Their business was to keep on the low, which makes finding Miller really hard, because you don't know that little bookseller at your corner bookshop may be a Miller. Not only that, but because they can, the old Miller can hold up to 100 shapes at a time, not ultimately. The bookseller on the corner, the guy uh, who fed your horse, the person who gives the announcements, at one time or another, they could have all been that Miller. The chancellor coming in from another town could be that Meller. The real chancellor might still be in the other town doing his daily job. The wife of the king who whispers something in his ear late at night could be a Meller. A Meller was a master at being able to slide in and out of these forms, looking at opportunities to say things, to do things, to inspire, to shape, to turn, all for the benefit of the society and always making sure that they were never detected. So, yes... A master Meller who is one step away from the old Meller is going to be an absolute Svengali. As you go down the evolutionary scale, they're still going to retain most of this kinds of wiliness and, and ability. So that's what I'm saying is that the Mellers, they really have all the benefits of the GM. You, you talk sometimes about how monsters sometimes are too smart because the GM's playing them, and so the monsters seem to know more than they should because the GM knows these things. Well, Meller, they're not smart in the sense that the, of Einstein smart, but they're smart in the sense that they can go and do these things so effortlessly, and they've had so much practice that it's very easy for them to essentially be an entire cast of characters popping in and out. You wouldn't even know that you've been talked to by the same Meller three or four times in the same evening because they've taken three or four shapes just as the other person walked out of the room. He comes in the other side as that person. So they're terribly, terribly scary in that sense, the unnerving, especially once you look retrospect and you're saying, how did this happen? Why did the townspeople suddenly turn against us? Joe was watching last night how this happened. Well, because you saw Joe. Joe had gone to the bathroom, and you saw another Joe standing there watching. And he walked over and did something that Joe would do and did something else at the same time. Meller are totally subversive. You could look at the history and say, well, Rasputin may have been a Meller. He was pretty much resistant to bullets and, and poison. Well, that's true. You could make a good case for Rasputin being a Meller. The one thing it doesn't match up is that Meller, because they are infected, are deeply psychotic. They really have a problem where they need to turn and attack and lash out with violence. Another reason why the Meller are as scary as they are is that when they do change, when they do turn and become the, the monstrous creatures, the attack monsters that they can be, they can grow much larger than their original form. They can change their form up to 50% either direction. And this is because of the very changeable nature of their bodies. They can enlarge themselves, they can inflate. And so they have a lot of contractile and expanding tissues in their bodies. So a meller, when it actually turns into a meller, can actually be much bigger, more physically imposing than it was before. 
know, you're no longer looking at Charlie, who's six foot, 180 pounds. You're looking at Charlie, who's now seven foot, seven five, and looking like he's like 350 pounds. Yeah, he's still 180 pounds. He's just full of air. It's not necessarily air. It just could be they've just expanded. Just like a bodybuilder can pump themselves up. They haven't actually gained any more mass. You know, they haven't inflated their muscles. But all of a sudden, parts of their body are much bigger, much more impressive than they were before. A Meller, when it changes and becomes aggressive and attacks, you know that this thing is just totally committed. It becomes more alive in a sense. It drops the veil and turns all the charisma that it has. This is one of the reasons why in the D20, I made sure that all the different versions were given frightful presence. When a Mellor reveals who it is, you are literally stunned into momentary paralysis. You just can't believe what you're seeing. When the face of your friend twists and breaks into snarling teeth and, and a huge bull's head and these eyes that just drill into you, that's supposed to really scare the players. Uh, they're supposed to be terrified about what's going to happen next. And not just the high Mellor. The Great Mellor are the most powerful as far as the, the most hit points and the most the bonuses to hit and, and the most damage. They are huge combat monsters. But even the ones further down, even the least Mellor are like rabid bulldogs. They come at you with total commitment because, again, they're not afraid of dying. Nothing that you do to a Mellor is going to make him afraid of you. you know, he's not going to say, oh, no, I must back off because I've been wounded and you might kill me. He knows he's going to regenerate, and if he dies, he dies, and there's another Meller just like him who can take up the fight, who's probably already taken up the fight. This full commitment to action is the same kind of fear that the Normans and others had when they heard the howlings of the berserkers from the Scandinavian countries. You know, They knew that something terrible was coming, and there wasn't anything they could do except hopefully stand and endure it. And that's what you need to bring in the Meller to your players. Go watch The Thing, the John Carpenter version of The Thing. That's probably closer to what you would experience emotionally when something like that would happen. The Meller don't spread out arms and legs, go into their neutral form, which, which is bad enough. The Great Meller are called Great Meller for a reason. They will rip you to pieces. Hands are claws. Skin becomes the consistency of shark skin. It's very hard to cut through. Thick rubber. I uh, suggest using big, big guns on them at that point. In the D20 system, we gave them damage resistance and regeneration. So unless you're dishing out the damage pretty consistently at a high enough level, the Meller's not even noticing it. And he's getting better any time that you slack off. So you have to come at a Meller hard and fast and not give up until he's down and gone. Until his genetic code snaps and he turns into a big pile of sweet-smelling goo. Why do you think we have multiple types of Meller? Programming problems. I think originally it was just going to be Master Meller and the people who did the, the hacking. Well, like most hackers, they don't, didn't do a good job. Old Meller are growing fats and sent out. They don't breed. So the fact that the Master Meller can breed, to me, sounds like they had tried to treat breeding in them, which is why 99% went sterile because they failed. Or it's a programming error, and some of them actually had developed the ability to, well, breed and make more of themselves. So you don't think that it's a technique to help them take over a world faster? Because if they split, then there's twice as many of them to produce a genetic capsule. The ones that grow out of that genetic capsule, they keep splitting, then they get more and more. 
once you get down to the least smeller, they just eat twice their body weight and they're producing more that way. And they were just going to reproduce at the same level by producing a genetic capsule. It would take them years in order to build up a big enough fighting force to be able to take over a world militarily. I see this as being a defense mechanism and also a tactic that was designed into the programming of the infected Meller. Not a bad thing, not a, a degenerative thing. Remember, though, Master Meller cannot produce another Master Meller. All they can do is produce Great Meller. 99% of them can't, you're right. When you're talking about a million, million worlds out there, there still leaves an awful lot of Meller that can reproduce at that level. That's correct. A lot is made to do of the Master Meller. As I said in my notes to you, John, the Meller, as they go up and up in the levels, become stronger, bigger, more powerful, better fighters, and then they drop down to a smaller form for the Master Meller. Therefore, that form is the mastermind, the behind-the-scenes guy. But that's really undermining the effectiveness of Great Meller. Great Meller are almost as smart as the Master Meller are, and they have the ability to reproduce as much as they want. So I think that it's actually a mistake to think that most of these worlds that are out there that were destroyed by the Meller were destroyed by Master Meller. They were probably destroyed by the Great Meller because you have a Master Meller who can't reproduce itself. And so what does it do? It splits into something that can, and then it starts its progress of destruction. You're listening to the Fringeworthy Podcast. So a Master Meller still has the ability to split into two Great Meller. And the Great Meller are just as intelligent as the Master Meller are in the D20 system. Therefore, there is no disadvantage as far as to be as intelligent. There's a difference in how well they can transfer memories and things like that. But otherwise, there's no real difference. And so a Master Meller, even though it is the greatest, the highest level, and has the most abilities... Being a great Meller is almost as good, and it has the advantage in that it can reproduce itself. And once it reproduces itself, then it has somebody else to split into the lower levels to fill in the ranks all the way down to the least Meller if it wants to do that. So don't think that you have to have a, a master Meller in order to be Machiavellian or you know, and to do that kind of thing. There's reasons to play the master Meller, but not because you think he's the biggest guy on the block. So we did make a case, though, that if there is a Master Meller and he has reproduced and then his uh, clones, or what you want to call them, his, his children, then split and start making Great Meller, if he somehow has an accident and gets killed, well, the Great Meller have no strict line of succession, then it was called the Meller Pig Pile at that point. And you don't want to be in a world that's having a Meller Pig Pile, uh, trying to figure who's in charge. The Meller are the same level will fight each other in order to determine who's going to be in charge of that. And that, of course, assumes that they're all together because they only control Meller that are within a certain range but telepathically. So it is possible for Meller to be separated by vast distances and not feel that they have to destroy each other. However, if there is an overarching plan for the destruction of a planet, then that does require one creature's vision. And they will all fall in line for that. Because, again, they're not afraid of dying. So if it's necessary for the efficiency of the destruction of the planet for these things to destroy each other, then they will do so just so there's one person left at that level in order to to continue. 
And we should talk about how, how these different types operate then. Well, before we do that, the reason that I believe that there are so many different levels of Meller in this game, and this is a purely gamist aspect, is the fact that they are tough. These are really terrible creatures. If you only came up against a master Meller or a, a great Meller, you'd have to be really, really high-level characters or have a really overwhelming advantage to be able to take them out. One of the reasons we do this is to, so you could run into something smaller. In my campaign, they have run into the least Meller first, and they didn't even know that they were Meller. They had heard about these terrible creatures called Meller that were behind the Great War, but they didn't realize that these little bulldog creatures were Meller. But they did know that they were really, really scary little creatures, and they were really glad that they were inside an armored personnel carrier when they ran into them. Knowing that, seeing that has been a way of, of slowly introducing the scariness of the Meller, building an ominous aspect to them where if that's the least Meller, what would a higher level Meller be like? They've also run into old Meller without realizing it because they ran into some people who were caretakers or were doing one thing or another. And they didn't realize that those were in fact old Meller because they were being helpful. And the, and the old Meller had no reason to tell them that it actually was an old Meller. Even when they started talking about the Meller, it just quietly listened, uh, added that information, and continued on its way. But they were also uniformly very helpful, except in one case where it didn't want them in an area where there were things that it could possibly be harmful to them. So it shooed them away. But lower-level Meller are there for the same reason lower-level monsters are in any game, and that is to allow lower-level characters a chance to run into a Meller without being outright total party killed. The least Meller swarm could definitely TPK a party if you're not careful. If you send like 30 or so least Meller against a team, well, maybe be better to make new characters later on. 30 is a lot. Ever look at the numbers that were in the original game? You would get like... 20 or 30 showing up in one go. That's a heck of a swarm. In the old days, before I became a kind of benevolent GM, every time that they ran into the Meller, I told them, it says, you're going to lose half the party. Be ready to roll up new characters, I told them. And I did. Every time they ran into them, I killed them. Someone asked me to play a high Meller in a game of FTL. For some reason, he wanted Meller in his game. So he said, okay, Bruce, play the Meller because nobody plays Meller as scary as you do. I said, yeah, it's because I know what they're like. I immediately killed half his crew before they were able to kill him. To this day, they talk about that particular session because one of the things that happened was they got into a kind of a fight with him physically because he was with a group of them. He turned, he started attacking them, and one of the guys starts running away. And I said, oh, I attack you as you run away. And he says, oh, really, what do you do? I reach forward and I tear off your buttocks. Now you're not running anymore. He said, you what? I said, yeah, I have razor-sharp claws. I literally removed the muscle connective tissue from the back of your pelvis. So now the guy's on the floor, blood gushing out the back of him, screaming in pain, trying to drag himself away, while the Miller is staying there holding his his buttocks in in his hand saying, oh, (laughs) did you need this? (laughs) Yeah. To this day, they talk about that. They say, you are such an evil, evil Meller, which is funny because normally they think I'm such a nice guy. In a game like D20 Modern, you don't have the ability to rip somebody's butt off. But in other games, I'm sure you can. And in the original TriTech rules, there was absolutely no reason why I couldn't do that. And so I proceeded to do so. 
Well, you can in D20, you can do called shots. You can do a called shot to a limb. And so, yeah, you can, if you can't take his buttocks off, you can at least hamstring him. I just say, I don't think there's a, there's any rules in the base system that allows you to disable a part of the body by an attack. And I didn't give that to the, the Meller when I wrote them up for the, to the game. If you want to add that to your Meller, they can make disabling moves. That would make them even scarier because then they go and they hit you on the leg and they've disabled your leg and now the person's slowed. Take both legs out. Now they're crawling and they're slowly walking. They're just ambling up behind them, looking down, smiling, eating the flesh that they've just torn from their bodies. Not because they need it, just because they want to mess with you some more. Just terrible thing. And we're not just talking about the high meller here again. Any of the meller can do that from the lowest level up to the top, except for the least, who are nothing but mindless killing machines. They'll chew through walls. They'll chew through tires. They can't chew through glass, but they can chew through the rubber that's holding the glass in place and pull it free. They can mass as a group and possibly push a car over. They really worked at it. There were enough of them. When you face a meller, you don't have to be able to beat the meller. You just have to be able to run faster than the guy standing next to you. Yeah. All right, so we wanted to talk about how each type operates. The least meller, they have the ability to pounce. They're very good hiders. They have the ability to climb. So don't think the only way the meller can attack is by boiling out of the ground and, and attack people. One of the forms is a, a horde, a swarm. And if they can, they will sneak up on the party totally unheard. They'll use their moose silently, then only attack when they're right upon everybody. It'll be like the, the scenes out of the birds where the guy turns around and he sees a bird. And he turns around and there's a bird on the other place. And, and by the time he turns around fully, you realize he's surrounded by birds. If you play the least meller right, that is what we're going for. And having him dropping from the ceiling on somebody is also a good, good thing to do. And because they have pounce, they can do their full movement and then land and do a full attack the same route. That's more of a case of where you're being attacked by a single meller. I don't think the swarm has the pounce attack. I don't think so. Basically, they're infantry. If you look at it from the military point of view, least meller are the dog soldiers, almost literally. I mean, the least meller, until they attack, they don't look that scary. And as soon as they reveal themselves for what they really are, they are tremendously scary and vicious and completely relentless. But the next one, which is only slightly larger, the lesser Meller, it does have a 25% chance of shape-changing. Yeah, but not really good at it. Yeah, it doesn't do it very good. And so that's a monster that does well as a lurker. This is a monster that will stay on the edge of the community and occasionally pick off somebody, take its form, and then move in and then attack the inside. There's only a 25% chance of shape transfer. It has no chance of memory transfer. Therefore, when it fails to do the shape transfer, it's not bad for it. It's not like some of the other ones where when they attempt to make the memory transfer, if they fail, they, they become a mindless doppelganger. So I thought with the, the failed the shape change, they become a caricature. If you're a monster that's basically attacking mostly at night from the shadows, it doesn't take much to be able to impersonate somebody close enough to really attack them. If you're a caricature, that may be even just as horrific... In the same way that a zombie is a caricature of a living person, so a Meller can be a caricature of the person they've just killed. In the case of all the lower forms, except for the master Meller, they have to actually eat the body so that they can mimic the genetic shape of that person. If you memory transfers, they must specifically eat the brain and spinal cord as well. The only one that doesn't have to do that is the master Meller, but it does it anyway because it's tasty. 
And they also have the choice of doing that. They don't have to take the memory of somebody else. The chances of success really are pretty poor until you get to the high level, unless he has a bunch of duplicates of, of the same level, so that if he screws up, then they just sacrifice him. And it's really not as useful in the kind of warfare that Mellors engage in. I would assume that in most cases where Meller is trying to take the memory of a person, it's doing so either in the case of where they know there's more Meller of the same type. If it fails, then they can be sacrificed. Another person can make the attempt. Or they're in a situation where they really need to do something, like they're trying to escape or, and they need to get the password for the day. Or they need to be able to type in the code to get through the door. And if they don't do that, then they're going to get caught and destroyed. So it'll take the chance of getting the mind of, of somebody. But it doesn't have to. These things don't have to do that. They can instead just go and take the form of the creature they're trying to take, they're trying to mimic, and just use their own natural wiliness and intelligence to be able to pass itself off as that creature. A monster like the Meller, if it can get into the center of town, inside of the walls of a city, again, produce that genetic capsule, produce another one of itself, then take that one, and that one starts splitting down until all of a sudden you've got a horde of least Meller and low Meller, and then all of a sudden they start going and attacking. So it doesn't take very far up the genetic levels of the types before you've got somebody who can literally take out a town from within using subversion and, and using their smarts. Even the lesser Meller, it has an intelligence of three, is still enough to carry on a conversation, answer when challenged, speak intelligently. There are a lot of peasants on a lot of worlds aren't that smart. It's not going to really inhibit a Meller as long as it keeps itself to the kind of creatures that it can mimic and pose as. Low Meller are better at doing the shape change, better at memory transfer. I would say they would be ones that would be the ones they would send for like infiltrating a village. We don't need to send a high or a great We'll sound low in there, and he'll do the infiltration. But the real infiltration is going to happen with medium and above. A medium Meller is going to have the physical power, is going to have the hit points, the attack bonuses to go up against a strong hero, a man-at-arms, a knight. Is also going to have the wiliness to be able to create more of itself from the disposable people in the town or village, create situations where they would want to get everybody together into one area locked up in a keep and the Mellor's on the inside, you know, you're locked up with the Mellor instead of the Mellor being on the outside. No, I was a well Mellor. I would try to make sure there's at least two or three of me in there and not just one, because one could potentially be found out and taken care of. And it's easy enough to do. As I say, it doesn't take long for a Mellor to reproduce itself. If you're medium or above, you're going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of normal human intelligence. I should say average human intelligence, maybe a little lower maybe a little stupider, but still fairly functional. You're going to be able to do the job of defeating from within, of subverting the things that Meller are best known for. Everything below that, they're soldiers. They're wily. They have animal intelligence or better. They're tool users. They can have some strategy. The least don't have any strategy other than sneaking up on somebody and attacking in mass, you know, strength of numbers. But the other ones... They'll create themselves a little brute squad or a, a small army, sometimes a big army. As you said, John, in your example in the book, 2,000 least Meller and a couple of low Meller controlling them can take out pretty much any non-professional military force. In a lot of cases, they might be able to. Remember that some of the memory 
of the original Meller is still with them. And they're from an extremely high-tech culture. They know how to do things that other people might not know. They might be able to set up traps. They might know enough physics to make a wall come tumbling down. Something that your average peasant wouldn't know how to do, but they do because they're smart enough to be able to look for these kinds of opportunities. And if one of them squirreled away a memory, let's say, of a Tremelin or another highly advanced race that knows how to make weapons, Mellor can they have that memory. They can either build weapons or they can at least train and use weapons just as well as they can use their claws. A picture of a Mellor with a laser gun shooting down guys with, with uh, crossbows would be an interesting picture to see. <laughs> Meller also could know chemistry, could make Greek fire, could make mustard gas. There's an old saying, which is in the times of the Romans, most of the weaponry that was used during World War I could have been done back then. They just hadn't learned all the different things they needed in order to make the tools to make the things that they want to do. But their technological level, their understanding of math and science was good enough that they could have made these things. They just hadn't amassed enough knowledge about the elements and how they combined and under what circumstances and how to do titrations and how to do uh, distillations and all these techniques that was learned and discovered over the centuries. So going back into the past, into let's say the year 200, you could recreate a lot of technology back then if you had the specific knowledge that you needed in order to do that. Some Meller are wily enough to, to score away that one memory and never, and never overwrite it. When you run into a Meller on a world living in a medieval society, he whip out a phase rifle on you because the Meller that came to the world to infect the Meller that was on this world might very well have brought some weapons with him. And at the beginning... The Fringeworthy filter and the anti-Meller filter wasn't in place. So when the war happened, it was all still wide open. They could bring it whatever they wanted to, wherever they wanted. So Meller can be, really it's wide open how you can play the Meller. They don't have to be stupid. They don't have to be just combat monsters. And they don't have to be limited to the technology of the world in which you find them. Because they didn't come from that world originally. They came from somewhere else. And that uh, somewhere else was a place where people lived like gods. Let's talk some more about the, the Meller shape-changing ability. We discussed this a lot, John, when we were doing the, the original design for this new edition. And granted, the Meller have huge ability to be able to change into the forms that they want to change to. And as you said, is that if they fail, they become a caricature of the creature they're trying to achieve. But still, that can be very effective, especially if they move around at night where vision isn't very good and lighting isn't very good. But we were talking about detecting Meller. A lot of people said, well, it's real easy. We'll just go and take a blood sample or a skin sample, and we'll be able to tell that it's not really a human being. And at the time, I think it was you who suggested that Meller are perfectly capable, especially since they come from a culture of really high tech, of putting some kind of skin culture on, to, on their bodies that would allow them to actually take on the physical skin layers, the physical tissues of the creature that they're trying to mimic. It would have to be done over a, a long period of time you know, because skin cells have to grow and, and mend together, but it could be done. The Meller could do that. There's another reason why they eat their victims. Look at all that blood. Put it away just in case someone gets smart and hits you with a pin and see if you bleed red? Well, yeah, you will bleed red, and you will bleed red the right blood type and the right DNA. 
Meller, because they're very inflatable, they can create a vacuum underneath their elbow, right where you normally take a blood sample. When you stick the needle in, you're going to put it right where that vacuum is. And they can move it around, too. They have control of their bodies, so they can move it right underneath where the needle's going to go in. So you stick it in and start taking that blood sample. And it, as you said, that blood sample is going to be fresh and viable, and it's going to look just like good old American red blood. Because it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was from the victim. Unlike the thing from the John Carpenter movie, if you take Meller blood and you put a hot poker in it, what ha- you know what happens? It goes and nothing else goes on because Meller, unlike the thing from the movie, once you cut it off of them, it doesn't do very well by itself. It's not a it's, colony creature. Yeah, it's not a colony creature. It's a complex entity with a very adaptable form. But ultimately, somewhere in there is the real Meller. The least Meller is actually the core of the Meller without all of the other trappings, the ability to shape change. So when you see the least Meller, that's as small as the Meller can get and still be a Meller. The, the Meller didn't actually make them from scratch. They went and found something that, that naturally does shape change. Octopuses, cuttlefishes, you know, and cuttlefishes. A Meller is a highly modified cuttlefish. Meller love to play around with other creatures. They are the masters of biological um, uh, trickery, if I may use the term. Unlike some creatures who love to come up with mechanical or you know cybernetic or electrical uh, solutions to all their problems, the Tamelern have always wanted to essentially work in the area of life. They want to change life to, to serve their purposes. And if they do have to create something like a starship, they'll do that. But then they'll figure out a way to make a biological thing able to do the same thing. And now it's self-repairing. And it'll grow itself. Ultimately, they end up with something that's much better than just a simple wire, even though the purpose that it serves is primarily just being a wire. And that's the way they do things. That's how the Tamelern think. They didn't want to do the dirty work of going in and finding out about new worlds. They built their own scouts, the Meller, and let them do all the hard work, and they just reaped the benefits. They are reaping the benefits, but it wasn't because they're lazy. It's because the, they found out that other races just couldn't take dealing with aliens. Well, that's true, too, yeah. We have shows like X-Files that say that if an alien ever touches down on Earth, whatever country they touch down in, it's that country's job to destroy them. In most of the movies in which an alien does touch down, that's the first thing we try to do. It is capture it, dissect it, and, and ultimately destroy it. We don't try to make friends with it, unless we're afraid of it. And then we're polite. That just seems to be the nature of the way governments operate. They're not willing to accept that something is coming with the spirit of brotherhood and friendship. With the Meller, they can only shape change into other life forms. A Meller can't turn itself into a table. Even though a table may be out of wood, he can't really do that. They are limited to being an animal. Unless, of course, the world was mobile plants, in which case they could easily just turn into a plant. In those occasions where it needs to hide, hey, turning into a sapling is not a bad idea. You know, I have never actually done that in any of my campaigns. Of course, I so rarely played the Mellor. I've only recently become a, a benevolent GM. I always thought it was funny when Richard said, anybody who does this, this, this is a heartless sadist and you should not play with him. I was like saying, but, but, I, but I like doing that. <laughs> yeah. and my solution was really to have them only rarely run into the Mellor because I always made them so tough and so nasty. You know, now I'm using all kinds of, of foreshadowing and trying to give them information so that when they do run into a Mellor, they've got a chance realizing when they're over their heads and, and, and maybe making a break for it. 
I've been trying very hard in my campaign to drop hints about the Mellor, not only to scare them, to make them more and more worried about them. When they run into the Mellor that's not a least Mellor, I want them to be like shaking in their boots. He's he's gonna this thing's gonna be a mile tall. It's gonna eat suns for breakfast. I want them to be really really scared when they think about actually going up against the Mellor. But at the same time, as I want them to have enough warning so that when it does happen, they won't be totally nonplussed and, and, and not have any idea. You know, John, you just turned into a big uh, doughy thing with a lot of teeth. Oh, you're impersonating John. Hi, I'm from IDED. Um, we want to be friends. Chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> that may still happen, but I'm trying to let them know that the Mellor are really scary and they need to be afraid of them. So when they, when they actually do run into one, then they'll be able to respond appropriately. I used to do TPKs as the introduction to the Mellor. The problem with adding is that you've got to have a group of people who don't mind rolling up new characters. So uh, how experienced do you think a party should be before they run into the Mellor? And I am assuming that we're not talking about Lee Smeller. I mean, Lee Smeller, you can fight those things at, at a really t- low level as long as you've got, a, as I said, an armored vehicle. But actually get in a situation where you might be, you run into a Mellor and it's actually trying to kill the party or take somebody over to the party so it can escape the world. And it's going to have some monsters off wing. It's going to have some Lee Smeller hanging around ready to pop out at the party. It's a real threat, not just a single monster kind of thing. What level do you think that would be appropriate? That's a good one. Um, a minimum of 10th level before you run into something like from medium on up. Because then you have at least a chance of fighting back. 10th level, the characters start getting into their badass uh, modes at that point. Maybe deciding to now go off into a different class at that point, too. In the D20 Modern, I set the medium Meller as a, a CR8, I believe. That means you'd be 8th level before a party should be able to take it on. I did that not just because of its physical form. The CR8 is kind of a misnomer. It's, you're assuming that it's going to have some help. It's not going to be totally tricked out because if it was totally tricked out, it could have an army of least Smeller and stuff like that. So you'd probably have to add all those other minions together plus it to see what the real thing, and it could be a much higher level monster. When we see CR8, yeah. you know, we're really talking about a, a situation where when you run into it, it's going to be by itself, plus a few other minions, maybe prop, maybe some humans that are helping it, not realizing what it is, or even realizing what it is, but realizing also that its ability to mimic humans uh, allows it to, to gain power and to be so much effective that that people of lesser character might be willing to be collaborators with it. Yes, the, the Renfields to the you know, to their Dracula. So you're thinking about tenth level, and I'm saying about eight. So we're really talking about a really experienced party. Yeah, you've gone out. You know what you're doing. You can run effective missions to other worlds. Your characters have stabilized to the point where, yes, they're going up in levels and powers and things like that, but essentially you are being the character you want to be, and you're not saying, oh, gee, you know, I'm afraid of running into something because I don't have enough hit points or I don't have a good enough to hit roll or you know, whatever the game system you're doing is. You know, you're, you're somebody who would be considered a, a seasoned troop, uh, not a fledgling hero, but a hero in his prime, in his strength, but not legendary. 
Okay, now you get to see the Meller. I've been teasing you with this for uh, 20 levels of Rise. Now, finally, you get to see a Meller. That's not what it's supposed to be. And, and really, there should be enough Meller out there that it should be pretty much impossible for you to get that level without running into Meller before that. You never know. You may actually run into a Meller and never know it. It just it depends on whether the Meller decides that you're worth this time to mess with or maybe just a handshake and, oh, thank you for the uh, DNA. But assuming that, of course, we're not talking about the top level one, we're talking about the other ones. Let's help the game master here, the guy who's trying to run a game. He wants to include the Meller in his game. What kind of warnings can we give? What kind of signs can he give to the players to let them know that either a Meller was here or a Meller attack happened at some point? What are Meller tactics that would be make sense to a player as, oh, yeah, not just a smart guy who knows how to run troops? This is a total level of devastation. I can sort of imagine another world that's been devastated by the Meller. They basically have eaten everything. In a thousand years, they've grown, they've divided, and they have eaten literally everything. There's no grass. There's no trees. It's all gone. If a weed pops up, so we get eaten by a Meller, then might, might wake up and go, oh, there's something to eat, and eat it. So it, you know, a, a devastated world is pretty much that. It's a barren wasteland taken down to rubble at that point. Now, that's a major infestation. An infestation in process, it's like being in a war zone. It's a DMZ, and uh, everyone's on their guard, and no one trusts anybody because you could be a Meller. Well, this is a 1,000 years after the Meller War. You don't want to get in the situation where the, the players walk through the portal, and just then something that could have happened any time in the previous 300 years happens right then. I mean, you could do that once. Yeah. But if you keep doing that, then the player's going to go, uh, okay, fine. It's, it's the plot hammer. I'm thinking that there would be signs, mostly what they would be hearing about the Meller would probably be, it would be the signs of the aftermath in some cases, or it would be something that they heard about. The Meller are not undefeatable. That's true. And though you might want the players to think that, no way are they undefeatable. We said that on the Expo Worlds, in every single case, they defeated the Meller. Now, defeated does not mean that they're gone. Defeated means that they were destroyed as an attacker. They might have gone to ground. They can hibernate for 40,000 years. It's only been 1,000. they got another 39,000 years they can hide out. Yeah. The Meller can still be on those Expo worlds, but they're hiding out probably in hibernation, waiting for 40,000 years to go by or somebody to wake up and maybe they decide they were only going to stay until they heard enough noise or whatever like that. Or they've been driven... Australia is nothing but Meller. Everyone else is pretty much okay. They've cleaned out everything as best they can. Kept in pockets. There's a blockade around Australia. They're discussing about using nukes. You're going to be hearing legends about Meller that's going to, in some ways, mimic some of the legends about monsters on our world. If there were a lot of Meller, let's say they're low level, they took the form of a lot of villagers, but maybe they didn't do a very good job of copying their form. A Meller that's made a bad copy of somebody can look an awful lot like a zombie. So you might hear a legend about this town or this area that was overrun with zombies, but it was actually Meller. There were Meller that were all the same level or a few levels below. The Meller who was running the combat decided that it didn't want to go all the way down to the least Meller. It just wanted to keep them of the pretty much the same level. And so it needed a lot of them, so built up himself a big army over uh, a year or so. Then went in and tried to take over a town. 
made bad copies, went off and started attacking the next town. And in that case, they're saying, well, wait a second, that looks like Charlie from the other town, but he's all misshapen. Uh, something terrible has happened to Charlie. We shoot him. He doesn't bleed right. Uh, he's dead. He's kind of, he's reanimated corpse. He's invested by a demon. A Meller attack, from the standpoint of a legend, could sound an awful lot like a zombie attack. For Bruce's uh, Infant Crossroads, we came up with a race called the Huichi. Huichi were a Commonwealth race that got shunted to the future, so to speak. They have legends of the gods fighting on their world. Gods were basically Mellers versus Tremelons, so they were a frontline world. And you can have things like that. Look at a character like Dracula. Uh, not saying that Dracula was a Meller. The archetype of the vampire. One of the things they had the ability to do was to summon wolves. It's dark at night, remember? If that vampire was actually a higher-level Meller, it could have said, well, I'm not going to mess with any of these individual ones. I'm just going to create a whole big pile of, of least Meller, and I'm going to send them around as a brute squad. All of a sudden, the Meller attack, and it's like wolves have ripped these people to shreds. The people who come afterwards and they see these people that have been ripped down to their bones, they says, this, this terrible creature must have summoned a pack of wolves to destroy these people like this. Look at the vicious and the bite marks and how deep they are and stuff like that. And, and, and parts of them are missing, carried off into the night. A vampire legend could represent a Meller attack using a different tactic. So legends are one way of telling that they were Meller there. The second way, what you just said, when an army comes into an area, they don't just want to destroy what's there. They don't want to burn the ground. They're coming in to conquer, to take over territory so that those people can provide tribute and resources to the overarching empire. The Meller will initially tr do the same thing because they want the resources that are there to continue the war. But they won't stop there. They'll keep going until finally they will destroy everything as utterly as they can. So if you hear stories about some terrible conqueror who a summoner or a, a sorcerer of some kind also destroyed everything it touched uh, until there was nothing left, that, that the people who were living there were literally driven out of their lands for fear of their lives and were afraid to go back to their lands, again, that would be a sign of a, of a Meller attack. It, it could just be a really terrible group of people. But it's just one of those ways of describing the events that occurred that would be a hit to the players that, oh, there were Meller here, and there might still be. Yeah, somewhere in those uh, devastated regions, there may be a cache of Meller sleeping waiting for someone to show up. And the Meller who are left behind realize, we need to get out of here. We need a Frenchworthy, because none of us have a Frenchworthy in our, in our stores. So they're waiting for you, the players, to show up so they can take on your form and finish it where they left off and also get off the world at the same time. When they've done all that they can do, they are driven by their destructive nature to move on. Yeah. They, they literally will burn the land behind them. Don't be afraid to play Variant Meller. I had a Meller on one world. Uh, he took the memory of the person. It actually affected him more than it would normally. He became, in a sense, insane. He took the memory and form of a guy who was a Jack LaLanne-type character. He was really into fitness. So when he did this... He then became the ruler of the country, and he said, okay, I want everybody to be as fit as possible. He changed the culture to love fitness, and he, but he kept pushing it. He says, okay, everybody in the culture can only have 3% body fat, which is really low. 
know, I mean, you're nothing but muscle and skin at that point to the point where people were literally killing themselves trying to achieve this this unnatural level of gauntness and thinness. He made it all seem so very good. It was spiritual. It, just like the swamis uh, starved themselves to regain enlightenment. He was claiming, yes, you can get this also with enlightenment. And of course, being a meller, he could easily <laughs> make himself to, to appear to have only 3% body fat. And so what we ended up, it was a world in which a group of people who actually were not willing to do that rebelled and they became the fatties and, the, and everyone else was the, the skinnies and the world became polarized and the, and the players come in and they're in the middle of this kind of conflict between these two groups. My point is, is that the Meller, they don't have to be just one type of creature. They can be affected by the people that they take the memories from. They can go insane. I mean, some people would say they're already insane, they're homicidal, but they're not necessarily that way. They can gain all the mental illnesses that a person might have that are taking its form if you want that to happen in your campaign. It can make them much more interesting. Depending on what they you know, encounter as well. If the Meller were to, say, go to a Cthulhu Mythos world, there are some things that, that could eat them quite easily. But it's also, I can just imagine a, a, a strange blending of Meller and, say, Old Ones. Or something like that. Yeah, that'd just be bad. <laughs> would that be worse than a Meller? Well, uh, probably would. What would happen if a Meller encountered a werewolf? Would the Meller become a were-Meller? What would happen when you encounter other people? Would they become werewolves or would they become Mellers? Well, if it's a curse, if, if you're on a world in which curses are real, yeah. then he would become cursed. I mean, a Meller could be bitten by a werewolf and therefore become cursed to become a werewolf itself. So I guess that is possible. Uh, it, if it was a biological infection, then I would say no. They're, they're immune to everything. Yeah. Definitely if it's a curse of some kind or if it's the effect of a magical spell – they're not 100% immune to mental dominance by telepathy. Obviously, they're going to have a natural resistance to it that should be pretty high. They should be given extra roles to break free of this kind of thing, being the fact that they are literally of two minds. You know, the, the mind that the person is trying to control is not really the real mind. I think I wrote a little short story about that where the Miller woke up the next morning going, what just happened? And he realized he had turned into a werewolf, but a Miller werewolf. The curse had transformed. They became Meller, even oh. though he hadn't put a capsule in them or anything. So like they're that. a were Meller now. Yes. We're talking curses here. Curses have their own rules. They don't have to be 100% logical. That could be worse. There are things worse than the Meller. The Xenomorphs from Aliens, they have almost the same tactics as the Meller, but they don't have any of the problems the Mellers have. You can imagine, you know, facehuggers everywhere at that point. You think that, that the aliens from the alien is, is worse than Miller? Uh, no, in that case, I would say they're probably as bad as Miller. But only if they can actually travel on the, on the uh, pathways. And if they can't travel on the pathways, then they're just a local nuisance. I mean, clearly in a straight-out fight, I think that an alien could take yeah. a Miller. You know, if it was a mano-a-mano, one-to-one, I don't think the Miller would, would, would survive. What the acid blood... When it used that extension attack and punches through the Miller's head, the Miller's like, <laughs> yeah, that worked. <laughs> And the Meller, if it takes acid burns, it will regenerate. So I still think that the odds would be in favor of, of the alien versus the Meller. The Meller can reproduce faster than the aliens can. That would be kind of a toss-up. In a lot of games, there are creatures that have really exceptional abilities, like dragons being able to breathe fire and totally incinerate things, giants, 
uh, even wizards. You know, wizards really are scary because a, an average-looking guy can turn around and disintegrate you. In some ways, a Meller, using only thoughts and identity and some archival memory and its own natural attacks, really aren't as tough uh, as some other characters in stories that you can think of. You know, they will always try to reach parity or above it by slipping into the culture. That's one reason why they are always so invasive. They, they slip into the culture, try to take advantage of the culture to be in a position where they have all these strengths. And then if they have to use their own natural abilities in the sense of in combat, uh, then they have a lot of help helping them, either in the form of other Meller or in humans who are working for them. So Meller take a lot of effort, I think, uh, a lot of planning, a lot of time in order to make them as really devastating as they can be. But there are a lot of creatures in stories that just walking around, walking through the door, are much more to be feared than uh, a Mellor. Oh, yeah. Medusa looks at you, you're stone. Mellor can't even come close to that. Medusa's like a nuclear bomb. So I would say any of the uh, creatures of legend are probably tougher than a Meller. And so you can have worlds in which Mellers literally fought against these kinds of creatures and lost, where something like this at the last minute could come in and save the day. Yeah, you just give me a vision of this the player stepping out of the portal into a field and it's nothing but statues of Mellers of all kinds. And they're going, what the? They got weapons in their hands, and but they're all stone. I would think twice about that if I went to a world and saw that. Cthulhu Mythos world, it would be a bad place to go to. They did go to other worlds, bypassing the fringe paths and going, oh, you're from this world. Okay, we'll see ya. Right? Boom, gone, and going, oh no. And there are worlds, their environments are so horrendous that they're more lethal than the Meller. If you've read any of the uh, Death World trilogy by Harry Harrison, in the first book, literally the entire planet is against the people living in the city. The entire planet is trying to kill everybody there. It keeps mutating its plants and things to make them better and better predators. These people know that as soon as they step out the door that they're going to be attacked by a zillion things. So they're constantly you know, loaded for bear and, and stuff like that. So I would say that any square acre of land in the Death World 1 book would be worse than a Meller. The Puppeteers. Highline. Puppet Masters, yes, the Puppet Masters. Right. Uh, I don't know about them. Uh, it, that would be interesting, having having a puppet master writing a master Miller or something like, like that. Yeah, that, w- that would be interesting. They use the same tactics to subvert, to take over, you know, to take the identity of somebody. So in many ways, I don't know if they'd be worse than Miller. They'd be at least as, as the same as a Miller in some regards. There's one monster out there you probably would take in the Miller, hands down, and win every time. The Blob. Yeah. Or Godzilla. Or Godzilla, yeah. We, we talk about these Mellers being so mean and nasty and all this stuff. You know, uh, In this new edition of it, they actually put in a secret weapon against the Meller, which was the, the Pangorn. Oh, yes. Because the Pangorn, the you know, and this is a brand new creature that's never been into the, the fringeworthy mythos before. Uh, it's a creature that when it spits on a Meller, the Meller is paralyzed. The Pangorn are plucky little guys who are willing to bring the fight to the Meller if they're forced to. Yep, spit on them and, and watch them freeze up. It's not the ultimate solution that Richard promised a long time ago. He told me a story one time 
You know, he says, you're on the fringe path, there's on a restaurant on the fringe paths, and you open the door, and there is a high meller. He's staying there, slavering, baring his fangs. And the guy who opens the door says, get in there, sit down, and order up, and shut up. And the meller looks at him and, and drops his head, walks over, sits down at the bar stool, and says, ham and eggs. <laughs> there is something happened to detooth the meller, that the meller is afraid Whatever secret it is is out, and the Meller is essentially not a threat anymore because everyone knows it's secret weakness. It's Achilles' heel. Richard never told me what it was. That's okay. I personally don't want there ever to be an Achilles' heel like that. I I think the Meller ultimately will be solved by a technological solution where they'll be able to build smart enough devices that they can literally, when a Meller walks into a room, they'll be able to analyze the Meller and say, that's a Meller. And then everyone can just unload on it, at which point the Meller will say, "Okay, this is pointless. We're never going to win this way. And then if they can modify their and we know they can, they can modify their behavior. They they can spend years uh, getting inside of a society and not go crazy mad and and, and kill people right and left. So we know they can control themselves. They they just don't want to. They want to express themselves. They want to release the id. Or it finds out that slargs are the cure and figures out a way to melt the slargs for the cure. And you're out there with little dart guns going, pat, 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 pat. <laughs> if that was possible, I think they would have done that. I think that whatever it is that, that's in the slarg, it has to be a living matrix. It's a biological solution that's carrying a programming change. It's an antivirus program. goes in and rewrites the code back to what it should be. So it makes you wonder what happens if it gets used on Elise Meller. Do you have now a little white doughy puppy? <laughs> you know, going, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> the Meller are terrible, and they should be played as terrible. It's up to you as the GM to decide how bad you want them to be. And it's good to have a spread. It's even possible for Meller to be uh, positive. The Meller may decide that they want a lot of Fringeworthy to come to the world. And so they may befriend people in, uh, in the party and encourage them to come back and bring more Fringeworthy so that when there's a large number of Fringeworthy there, or even bring a crystal and let them have a crystal, and then they can go out and find more Fringeworthy on their own planet and take them over until finally they have a massive, large number of Fringeworthy, and that's when they turn yep. on the party. So there's just so many different tactics that a Meller can use that it's not just the straight-up doppelganger you know, type thing where doppelganger takes over the party, poisons everybody's food. You make the doppelganger challenge where, hey, Charlie, you know what happened uh, uh, on the night of your 16th birthday party? Uh, I don't remember. I'll get you. you know, it's not necessarily going to be that way. Of course, if they get shot then, and they're a meller, uh, there's a real good chance because of the pain that they will revert so you could be in a, in a party with a Meller never even know, and all of a sudden there's a Meller there because the Meller got shot by some native who just happened to be in the same world. That's a big surprise. Now you've got natives attacking you, and you've got a Meller, who now he's been unmasked is going to turn on the party probably because he knows that the party will probably try to kill him. The Meller don't expect any quarter from anybody that knows what it is. It engineered a war that destroyed enough stars to be a galaxy. They expect no pity. You players out there who are listening to this, keep that in mind that you're going to be playing a character whose ultimate goal is to betray everyone in, in your party uh, and hopefully do it in such a way that they don't suspect it's you doing, causing the trouble, which can be kind of hard to do. 
Right, plant blame on somebody else. That person's the meller, not me. You know, the party comes into the world, it's a devastated world, and there's this dog. Invariably, in every group, there's a dog hater and there's a dog liker. The dog is a meller. It's smart enough to realize if I take him over, things are screwed. What it's going to do instead is it's going to play games to the team. It's going to make sure it gets a DNA sample from the dog liker and from the dog hater. But it won't kill them. It'll just simply appear as them and start sowing fear in the team that there's a meller. One of us is now a meller when, in fact, none of you are a meller. He's off to the side watching you guys tear yourself apart. If he's not going to actually kill the party member, he has to be a pretty high-level meller. One is able to do it just by touch. Yeah, which also means at least a high meller to do something like that. He could also be dropping off that genetic capsule. Thing opens up, becomes a another one of his kind, and then he says, now split down to Lee Smeller and take out this village. And he could just be like a plague going from town to town himself. He's a nice guy, but he's leaving behind you know the seed of destruction for each of these places by creating more and more of these Lee Smeller as he goes along, never attracting attention to itself, but looking like a nice little pooch. And all the party will defend him. He's a good dog. Yeah, he's a good dog. Remember, there always is the doppelganger-type challenge where you want to ask questions of each other. So I want to really encourage all the players, please help your GM really make this an exciting experience for you. So give yourself good backgrounds. Give Write a, a detailed character history so the GM has something to work from. So they can say, hey, hey, Charlie, you know, what, what, you know, what school did you graduate from? Otherwise, it's the GM has to feed questions to people and it's, it loses all the role-playing aspects. It's so much better if everyone has a deep background and has a deep character history. And then they could be used to do things like say, hey, does this guy know what his first wife's name was? I mean, she really screwed him over. He should remember this. And if he doesn't, then you've got a real reason to, to worry about who this person really is. And GMs, just don't walk one guy off. Walk two or three off so that, that there's some confusion about who might be the meller. You walk one guy off, you just might as well put a big old red target on him because he will be, be the first one up against the wall. That's uh, our preliminary ideas about the Meller. Uh, there's lots more we can talk about the Meller, but that's the, the part that I think to really get the players going and really help the GMs really scare the players. If any of you guys have some great character stories about Meller, uh, ideas about it, please you know go to our boards at tritaggamers.com to the Fringe Race section and tell us your uh, Meller encounters so that other GMs can benefit from it. Players, if you came up with good techniques for detecting Meller, more elaborate and intelligent kinds of uh, doppelganger-type challenges, let us know that, too, so the GM can plan to defeat those. <laughs> because, as they say, the Meller are very smart, and they've been at it a lot longer than your GM has, and so the Meller you know, might need a little help in being devious, and your GM might have some trouble being more devious than the Meller are. Let's try to work as a community to improve this game and to make the experience as satisfyingly terrifying as the Meller should be. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. This is Bruce Shepard from Atlanta saying, remember, there are millions of worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John from Seattle, and remember, keep your powder dry and keep those cards and layers coming in. And this is Blix. Remember, don't shoot the portals. They shoot back. Thank you.